heartrending in a way. He 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 didn't have a, a a musical ability or lessons, but he knew there was an artist in him. If I just knew how, and and uh, and this book tries to tell you, I know I have something to say at the instrument, and and here's here's a here's some inroads on how to get that across to the other person. to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Today's show is brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. It's all about connecting with the audience. The book, Play It Like You Mean It, is available wherever books are sold. The author, Emil Pandolfi, shares his holistic philosophy that basically says, don't just play the instrument and the notes, don't just sing the song. Connect, connect with the audience. And Emil's a great guy to have around, around Christmas time. Here he is with some Christmas music I think you'll like. It's Emil Pandolfi here. I'm so interested in your book. I haven't read it yet, so <laughs> I'm counting on you. Okay. I know you know all about sure. it because you wrote it. But And this is <laughs> and an introduction with your accolades, which are pretty remarkable. You're, you're very kind, yeah. I, I've been, I, I'm, I'm an old guy. I've been playing for a lot of years. <laughs> well, it says 40 years of performance, uh, 4.5 million albums sold. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, we were very fortunate when we got started at a good time when uh, solo piano music was pretty popular in the 90s. Um, my first album came out in 1990. And uh, yeah, we, ju we just, uh, we just, we, we got lucky. We, we were uh, kind of came into the music business through the side door, which was gift shop industry. There were uh, gift shops were selling uh, just a few artists in their gift stores just for ambient music. Oh, and then yeah. they'd have the CDs for sale at the counters. And there were thousands of small accounts, yeah, across the country. That's a, a part of the business I don't really know about. I know. And, you know, I didn't die, but we got, we got with a distributor in Portland. And they had actually, they were the ones who began that. It was called, uh, that, that market was called in-store play and sell. Uh, and what would happen is that the, the kind of demographic that I have, solo piano covers, 
that's the same demographic that would go into gift shops and they'd hear this music playing and they'd say, what's that? And then it'd be for sale at the counter. And, and just like uh, a Starbucks nowadays, they only had maybe 10 artists at the most. So if we were in, we were in record stores too, but we get, uh, we're going to kind of get lost in that collecting cobwebs and dust at the uh, easy listening place, you know? Yeah. Because the uh, younger people looking for top 40 were going into into record stores. So it was very good for us. We get, as I said, we got lucky. <laughs> yeah, I always associate it with Starbucks for some reason. I guess that's the first time I saw it. But why Portland? I mean, it sounds Portland's kind of known for being weird. Is that why <laughs> they were the ones yeah, that beta tested it? Isn't I don't that- know. <laughs> good point good point oh, yeah thank you um, i lived there for 15 uh, years i know firsthand yeah oh, okay okay yeah and they're proud of it too so no i enjoyed living there yeah it was that's great. true yeah i still have some good friends out there uh, i'm in south carolina but when uh when i went to uh started uh my, my, pardon my first it was a cassette actually in 1990 uh we needed distribution for it so my wife uh, looked at Billboard. Uh, their, their, not not the magazine, but their whole handbook on uh, distributors throughout the U.S. And she found eight distributors that distributed my kind of music, which was kind of easy listening, solo piano. It's a kind of a niche. And uh, she wrote to all of them, and one of them responded, and it happened to be in Portland, Oregon. Uh, <laughs> they were called Lifetime Distribution. Yeah. Yeah. So we said, so they started ordering CDs, I mean, cassettes from us, and it, it grew from there. Yay, Portland. <laughs> I, know. I, I haven't been out there in years, but we used to go out there to record once, once we got uh, hooked up with that dis- distributor.
So just a little bit about me. I live in the Seattle area now, um, but I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm not a great singer, but I'm inspired by what you're doing with this book, what I've read about it. And it sounds like something that, yeah, um, you've been around long enough to, to speak from experience. Well, you know, by the way. Because it'd, be, it'd be a hard book to write when you're 20 years old, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it would. It would. But but I tell you what, I'm, of course, I'm, I visited your website and I'm, I was looking at the, the most recent uh, podcast uh, with you singing some of your original songs. And, and you have a, you're a beautiful singer and uh, I really admire what you're doing. I listen. I listened to little bits of some of the other interviews. I I found that most, <clears throat> pardon me, most of uh, the artists that you're interviewing are rock or country or not what I do. Right. Um, but but they're all good. You know, all really good artists. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and uh, you're very unique. I, when I first started the show, I was doing authors, but they weren't musicians necessarily. And music has oh. always been my passion, so I thought, that, you know, I didn't want to do a topic-type uh, deal where I talk all the time because I'd have to write it all out. I'd rather hear somebody else talk and talk about something they're proud of, something they're happy with. And that way you can listen to the show for a, for a half hour, and it's good news for a change rather than the last two years yeah. of, of running us through yeah. the ringer. So, will you thank you for listening. I really enjoy learning about new music, and, and one of the things about my career is that it's been solo 95% of the time. It's just me. Like just now I'm in my studio by myself, like I am every day. And I, I, I do my own recording. I'm not the engineer, but I do my own recording. I've recorded 30 albums and uh, 20 of them in the studio. And um, uh, I'm, so I don't, I don't hang out with a lot of musicians. I, so I, I, <laughs> I've, I've, I've occasionally been in bands but not in a big career move kind of a way. So it's nice to get in touch with other musicians through things like your podcast. Yeah, that's kind of why I did it. And all that music that you heard me, is all me. And I recorded it and did everything, maybe for a lot of the same reasons you do solo. It's you can count on yourself. Yeah. Everybody shows up on time and it's pretty well done. That's right. <laughs> in a democratic sort of way <laughs> with one vote. That's kind of that's very cool. Even even the the upper high end voice that you that you can do in your in, in what I heard. Yeah, there was in in that. Yeah, wow, that's pretty cool. Well, I'm older. I didn't know if that was another singer. Oh, I'm I'm older than you, so I bet. No, nobody's older than me. I'm, I'm 66. <laughs> I graduated high school in 74. Okay, I'm 75. I graduated high school in 63. Oh God, you fooled me. I thought you were younger than I am. Uh, yeah, well, that's good. You're helping. Now, care. now everybody, now everybody knows how old we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't care. I mention it all the time. It's easy to look yeah. up. Uh, you know, every time I fill out a government form, I'm thinking you guys know all about me. Why am I filling this thing out? <laughs> I digress. But anyway, let's talk about your book. What what brought this forth? Well, you know what what brought it forth was honestly. Um, all of us know in any style of music that there are people that artists that move us and, and really make us feel something emotionally. And there are others that we say, that's a, that's a really nice song. That's a good artist. That's, I really enjoy that. But what, what I have been good and successful at is in piano solo is putting a whole lot of emotion, powerful emotion into the, into what I play. And, um, 
it's been that's what's been successful for me because there were a lot of artists doing what I was doing in that field of, of uh, gift store, in-store play and sell market. There were a whole lot, and, but in the but nationally, I was pretty much at the top of that um, in that area because it moves you. And and my whole my book, the reason I wrote a book all these years later was that I thought. There are people, I have met numerous musicians, students, I'm talking about students who are learning on their way up, or even professionals who play cocktail or something, and they, they, don't, know, they don't know how to go about putting that into the most. So you see, you know that, and I know that in, kind of intuitively, but for those people who don't, there is a way to get them to put more of themselves into their music, and I wanted to break that down. I thought broken it down into chapters about uh it's funny it's like telling you how to be an artist in 10 easy steps or something it's not it's not that but it's it's that you know you have something to say but you're not sure how to go about it and i do it from the pianist viewpoint because that's what i am as a pianist but it really applies to any musician wanting to get more of himself or herself into her playing
Yeah, I was going to say, it definitely would apply to guitar, but vocals, a lot of vocalists rely entirely on that because they're not, you know, a classically trained bel canto method or whatever. Like uh, a lot of pop singers, as you well know, you know, listen to Johnny Cash or Bob Dylan. Do they ever really hit the notes? Yeah. Yeah, it's in there somewhere, but they're they're painting the song and it it makes sense. That was my my take on it it, when I first read what you were doing. I thought, yeah, I, I, I need to read this book. Definitely. Well, it, hopefully it's an easy read. Um, you know, it's just very, it's very user friendly and, and casual, and it's not, it's not serious, but it's about a, uh, I, it's a subject that I love because, you know, when you hear somebody uh, uh, narrate a, a show like, um, I'm thinking of David Attenborough and yeah. the, the Planet Earth series, he says it when he's when he says it, these gazelles can jump from. 30 feet high, but it's different from my saying these gazelles can jump from 30 feet high. Yeah. And he, he really gets, he catches your attention and then he keeps it. And to me, playing is like that. And I've heard numerous pianists who play what you would call in, in quotes, well, they play well, uh, classical or pop, but you, you're after a, a minute or so, you're saying, geez, look at the time. So because I think, you know, it's traditional to say that music is the international language, but I've always believed that emotion is the international language and music is a wonderful vehicle for that. Because if you think about it, if, if you or I hear music that is very foreign to us, uh, uh, Asian music or uh, Indian music, for example, we may not understand the music particularly, but we get the emotional experience that it that comes across. You don't need intellect or education to enjoy music that that is foreign to you you can get the feel of it i remember in college and this stuck in my head forever is uh we were talking about playing uh bach beethoven the old masters and stuff and the guy the conductor just jumped up and he said these people are dead. Bring this music to life. It was like a scene from Frankenstein or something, but it stuck in my head. Excuse me, Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. It's alive. So, so that's, that's all I learned great. in college. Yeah. No, it was a, a good experience, but there was a lot of just philosophical talk. And it's really, yeah. How do you, how do you explain what a rose looks like? You know, so you have to see it yeah, and smell it yeah. and touch it. And, and uh, yeah, I could I could see a struggle in writing something like this. It almost needs sound to do it, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, you see, see if it, when, you know, when you do have a peruse, peruse through it, see if it communicates because it's kind of a, it's kind of written in a conversational way. Yeah. But to try to, try to, uh, light a fire under somebody who's, it's for those people who want to, but, I, 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 there's, uh, I met a guy one time, I was playing cocktail piano and it's in the book, but I, he was watching me play. And after I played for a couple of tunes, he said, I bet I could do that if I just knew how. And I, it was, it was kind yeah. of heart, heart rending in a way. He, 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 he didn't have a, uh, a musical ability or lessons, but he knew it was an artist in him. If I just knew how, and, and, uh, and this book tries to tell you I know I have something to say at the instrument and, and here's, here's a, here's some inroads on how to get that across to the other person. That's beautiful because I think there's a, an artist in everyone that must drive them crazy because they don't have an outlet. 
you know, maybe they they could learn yeah. to write or something. But piano just seems logical because it's a logical instrument. It always sure is. The way it's laid out is yeah. beautiful. Well, I thank you for listening to well, my I, stuff. You bet. I enjoyed. I very much enjoyed that uh, <laughs> Bruce Hilliard sings by request. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I couldn't get a guest in time. I was trying to get you. It's really pleasant listening. I really enjoyed it. Oh.
You've been listening to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better. <laughs>